Hello and welcome to the Josh Tills podcast and straight away off the bat that feels very weird to be saying. I'm not necessarily sure that I want this to be a podcast. My typical idea of a podcast in terms of what I typically consume would be around an hour and a half to two hours and while I probably could talk for an hour and a half to two hours on some health and fitness topics I don't think that would be too enjoyable for you. Uh, So for the most part I want these to sort of be around 10 to 20 minutes no more than 20 minutes really. Um, I will try to make them as engaging as possible with different gifts and b-roll footage and stuff so it's not just you staring at me staring at a camera waffling and rambling into my living room um that would be ideal but i typically just sort of want to provide a bit more value at the moment the only sort of real place where i'm engaging online is on instagram uh, producing short form content in the space of reels posts and kind of stories Um, and while i love doing that you get a real sense for like the satisfaction and sort of like knowledge bombs that you can drop on people i find that 60 to 90 seconds in a post or a reel to not necessarily be able to provide that much value in that time. And so the idea of being able to sit in front of a camera, talk about specific subjects in a bit more detail and sort of get into my insights, my approaches, the different approaches that exist, why I like some more than others, all of those things um, feels quite special. And hopefully if there's someone who's willing to listen to all of these, hopefully they can get a bit more value out of my content than simply just from instagram or social media short form content so that's my real aim and something that i would like to do at some point is to get some guests on these so for the most part these will be 15 to 20 minutes um potentially sometimes i've got a load of friends and a load of mentors who equally work in this health and fitness industry um, that have some great insights some great opinions tremendous knowledge so potentially if you are a friend or a mentor to me who works in the health and fitness industry and you would like to jump on a podcast with me and have potentially a longer form conversation that might stretch to 45 minutes an hour hour and a half then please let me know because I would love that and typically I think that people get the best out of me when there is a bit of a back and forth something in a one-to-one coaching setting is I find that when you can bounce ideas back off each other, you can find the solution that sort of works best for them. And that's what I love. Um, so if you are a mentor or a friend and would like to jump on a podcast with me, I have a spare mic. We can record um, an episode where we have a longer form conversation. And equally, if you're someone who's going through a fitness journey, you would like to have a conversation and you're local to me, let me know. Let's sort of have a bit of a back and forth. Come on and let's record an episode together. Maybe let's look at your fitness journey let's answer some of your questions specifically feel free to send me a message based on things you want to know or things you want to know about me or whatever it might be and i will be more than happy to answer those questions my main aim with each episode is to cover one to two things per episode potentially sometimes three today we're going to cover three topics um, and i just want to dive a little bit deeper into each of them than what i would be able to on an instagram post a carousel a reel a story whatever it might be So with that sort of introduction out of the way, the three things that I want to cover to today is one, a bit of an introduction about me, who am I, what I've learned in my years of the industry, what I'm going on to, my sort of insights, my motivations, my inspirations, my motives, all of those things. Secondly is my sort of training philosophy, why I train and coach people the way I do. Um, a little bit around the current state of the health and fitness industry and sort of why I feel compelled to to do this and make this a career and a job and sort of really invest as much time, money and energy as I can and pour my heart and soul and spirit into this industry, why I sort of feel that way. Um, and then lastly is sort of why I give out information or like why I'm willing to give out 
information for free, why I'm willing to, to tell people exactly all of the approaches that I know um, and how to implement them. As a coach, that might sound a bit backwards. And I've had some conversations recently with people that say they feel a bit cheeky just asking for free advice, but I am more than happy to give out free advice. And a little bit later in the show, we will get into why that is the case. So with that sort of introduction out of the way, we're going to start off with a little bit about me. My name is Josh Tills. Um, I am sort of like North London, Hertfordshire, uh, born and raised. Um, originally was born in sort of like Edmonton, Tottenham, Enfield sort of way in North London. Um, and then early on in my childhood, we moved to uh, sort of like Hertfordshire, North London border. Went to school in North London. Um, in Enfield and then gradually moved out and gradually over my years as I've sort of left school and stuff like that I've gradually moved further and further up the A1M a little bit further north to now where I live uh, just outside of Bedford in Bedfordshire Um, I work in uh, Hitchin Potter's Bar and a few other areas I'm currently a university student I'm a mature student studying osteopathy uh, looking to do a bachelor's in osteopathy so hopefully in another sort of like three and a half to four years I will be a qualified osteopath and that sort of gets me into health and fitness why I got into health and fitness and sort of my training philosophy around health and fitness so originally when I left school, I was um, I left school and I became a telecoms desk-based account manager. Pretty much I was selling business-to-business telephones. Um, and this is something that I did for about three years. I enjoyed it. It was a good way to earn some money immediately out of school. My plan was always to go to university. But to be honest, if I'd have gone to university when I was 17, 18, I probably would have just gone more for the university lifestyle and experience as opposed to actually learn a subject. So I was very interested in technology film media video editing and that sort of thing um, as a teenager and I probably would have gone to do that and to be honest while I still have a bit of an interest in technology and filming and videography and all of those sorts of things um, what I have found in health and fitness and personal training coaching pain management chronic pain management injury rehabilitation has been so much more fulfilling than what I think I would have been as someone engaged in media studies video editing videography that sort of thing um so i left school i went into a telecoms company worked as a desk-based account manager i did that for about three years um i'd like to think that i wasn't too bad at it um, eventually i got promoted to sort of working with bigger businesses and sort of enterprise sized kind of companies providing them business telecom solutions kind of at that point it was very much moving to connectivity and cloud-based telephony and stuff but that's a whole another sort of side of me to be honest and quite boring for a first podcast episode um when I got promoted I had a bit of a clash with the manager that I was in um, and I had my personal training qualification just because when I left school um, I started training I started running um, I did a marathon I did two marathons actually while I was working at Olive Communications which was the telecoms company that I was working for um, I ran two marathons there and I was sort of working out in the gym and I wanted to do the personal trainer qualification just to learn a little bit more about what I was doing I had a personal trainer um, he helped me prepare for my marathons and stuff like that um, and it was great so I wanted to learn more about what I was doing the anatomy the physiology the physiological processes of what happens as we get stronger and neuromuscularly and I mean at the start I had I really only scratched the surface and I'm sure at some point in one of these episodes we'll talk about the Dunning-Kruger effect and imposter syndrome and 
like feeling self-conscious and our beliefs around sort of these things as we kind of get more knowledgeable on topics um but yeah kind of really scratching the surface i went straight from doing my personal training qualification while i was working as a desk basic manager straight into doing a qualification as a sports massage therapist so by the end of sort of like this year and a half worth of studies i was a level three personal trainer and i was a level four sports massage therapist as I say, got promoted within this telecoms company, was working with more enterprise-based solutions, but had a bit of a clash with the manager that was now managing me in this promoted role. Um, and so when the time came for me to leave telecoms, I thought, well, what am I going to do? And the only thing that I really felt kind of engaged, interested, invested in was personal training and kind of sports massage therapy. I always had a bit of a, a kind of interest in the pain injury management injury rehabilitation um, and i think that stems mainly from um, as a child my mum had quite an early diagnosis of osteoarthritis and to be honest i still think there's some kind of rheumatoid factor to her aches and pains and rheumatoid arthritis but the advice that she was given as a child was to completely stop all activity and i watched my mum go from someone who was incredibly involved and engaged in being active to doing absolutely nothing and my mum is someone who is self-admittedly has struggled with her weight all of her life and exercise was a vice to help her manage her weight Uh, and all of a sudden when injury crops in not even necessarily injury but pain set in and the advice she was given was to stop and cease all activity um, that had such a negative impact on her health due to an increase in weight a reduction in fitness and kind of all of these factors and I'm happy to say that my mum's in a much better place not because she's dead she's still with us but she's in a much better sort of like place with her health and fitness she's active she manages her nutrition much better and all of those things but this was sort of like the motivation I think for me to get into the health and fitness industry and and kind of leave telecoms and kind of really go in depth on personal training and injury management injury rehabilitation um so thankfully there was a position going at david lloyd i left the telecoms world and within about a week i was working at david lloyd as a personal trainer roaming the gym floor attempting to pick up clients um and sort of like making connections in that sense met a lot of good friends um helped a lot of people it was a good time in my life where i was relatively young i think i was what like 21 years old Um, And I was able to sort of train at David Lloyd. I was able to train clients. I was able to use the facilities. There was like a Galleria over the road, which had like a cinema and like different places to eat. So it was like quite a good time where I could just spend all of my time at David Lloyd or uh, the cinema and stuff like that, to be honest, and just sort of really invest in learning other things as well. At David Lloyd, I was very lucky to meet um, a good friend and mentor of mine who I'm sure I'll probably have on one of these shows at some point as a long-form podcast. Um, I'm not going to mention his name, but he knows who he is, and I'm sure that I'll have him on here as well. There's another couple of people that I met at David Lloyd that I'm pretty sure we'll have um, on this podcast at some point as well. Um, So managed to meet him. He put me on to and just completely revolutionized my kind of thinking around injury management, pain rehabilitation, chronic pain all of those things he he gave me so many resources he spent so much time with me and he sort of put me on to um just resources and like networks that kind of shaped the future of how i would think around health and fitness um, and that's been sort of pivotal i kind of go back to the day that 
<laughs> yeah. He very rudely almost interrupted a session of mine and I sort of knew a little bit about him, knew who he was and kind of the the, the breadth of his knowledge. Um, and yeah, he sort of interrupted a session of mine um, and sort of pretty much started telling the client how everything I was doing with him was wrong. <laughs> but I have this kind of key memory of it in my brain because it's almost like the start of of this new journey for me where I sort of had to unlearn everything I knew and started learning everything again. Um, and sort of what it's led to has been nothing short of phenomenal um, and sort of transformative in my thinking and my application of knowledge as well. Um, so from there, um, I sort of worked at David Lloyd for, God, probably about three and a half, just shy of four years. Um, I ended up managing the team for a little while and sort of became one of their platinum personal trainers who sort of um, is a bit more money. But even then, that's another topic um, because I didn't necessarily agree with the approach of why you were more money as a personal trainer. It was more based on how many hours you had delivered as opposed to the results that you were getting with clients. But either way, I was one of their platinum personal trainers um, and I sort of did quite well at that. Eventually made the decision to leave David Lloyd and I went to go self-employed out of a gym in Welling Garden City. So I went self-employed and two weeks later there was a national lockdown. I have a way with timing. <laughs> um, so I went self-employed then all of a sudden couldn't train anyone and was quite literally up Shit's Creek without a paddle. Um, I started working night shifts out of Tesco, um, stacking beer crates um, like three, four days a week, as well as trying to manage some form of self-employed personal training business for as much as the national lockdown could sort of permit, really. Um, so I was doing that. We got through lockdowns, went back to self-employed. Um, as sort of like the end of the second stint of lockdowns, um, I was, I was friends with someone who is very adventurous um, and sort of very out, uh, outlandish um, in sort of like what they want to achieve and uh, they were planning to rub across the Pacific Ocean um, and so we were coming to the end of this national like this second national lockdown um, and he says to me oh Josh one of the guys who was meant to be rowing the Pacific Ocean with us has had to pull out they've had a hernia and we're looking for someone that wants to drop everything and come and row across the Pacific Ocean in about six to 12 weeks time. Not sure when it's going to be due to sort of weather windows across the Pacific, but we'll be leaving in about six weeks um, and it's going to be about three months. Um, and so at the time I was like, well, just gone through a load of crap and muck with national lockdowns, not earning much money, um, could really use a bit of adventure, to be honest. Uh, but so I turned around to a good friend of mine, Darren Clawson, and I said, yeah, I'm up for it. Um, I think I was in a pretty good position in that I was young, physically fit, um, very well able to sort of like tolerate that amount of stress quite quickly. See, typically rowing across an ocean, something that you would have plenty of time to mentally prepare for, plenty of time to physically prepare for and train. Um, I was already in a position where I was physically strong, physically fit, physically resilient and robust enough to throw myself at that challenge. Um, and so dropped everything, went away. Um, and pretty much spent the next three months kicking about um, with Darren, who I knew very well, and two other guys, Aaron and Simon, that I'd, I'd met Aaron like twice before, I think, that date. I think I met Simon once before we got on a flight together to fly out to Mexico. Uh, we flew out to Mexico, did a bit of like a two to three week training camp. From there, we flew to Monterey. Um, we sort of did a bit of training around Monterey Bay Harbour, um, 
training in the rowing boat, my first time ever being in a rowing boat, let alone sort of like a, a, a proper rowing boat, but an ocean rowing boat, which is a bit higher up and works a little bit differently. Um, and then once we got the weather window, we set off and we rowed for 43 days unsupported, just me and three other lads in a boat rowing one hour on, one hour off until we landed in Hawaii. 43 days later, we landed in Hawaii and then I got back and started working uh, back at a gym that I still work out, personal training studio, which is in uh, Hitchin, Little Wymanley, that sort of area. Somewhere that I still am, even though I equally operate out of another gym studio in Potts Bar as well. Um, and yeah, many just sort of helping people. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Other things around me in terms of my own training now, um, I'm very much sort of balancing my time. There are sort of four key pillars within my life. One is work, trying to build a bit of a business again and a self-employed business and operate some online coaching as well as some in-person coaching. The second is studies. As I mentioned earlier, I'm a student osteopath. I'm hoping to be um, within the next three and a half to four years a fully qualified osteopath and that would be great um, so sort of like studies is a big priority for me at the moment third is my relationship I have a lovely girlfriend and a dog um, and so managing my relationship and sort of spending as much time with her and sort of enjoying our life together is a big priority and then lastly is myself my own health my own nutrition as I'm very quickly finding three to four weeks into uni I can manage three of those pretty well but one of them sort of has to drop. <laughs> um, very recently, training has been the thing of mine that has dropped. I still kind of like am dipping my toes into training, still managing to get two to three training sessions in a week. But it's not necessarily as focused or as sort of driven as I would like it to be, even though I'm sure that hopefully within six months to a year, that will sort of line itself out back training with some focus with some intensity and that's where I really like to live I like to lift weights I'm a big advocate for lifting weights being strong being resilient being robust and physically strong that's something that we'll talk a little bit about later as well Um, but other interests of mine include Brazilian jiu-jitsu love to grapple love a little bit of cuddle club Um, and so really engaged in that I don't really find too much time for it at the moment but it's something I would love to get back to um, and then equally, I love watching NBA basketball. I've played basketball a little bit, never too competitively or seriously, but I love watching NBA basketball. We're about a week, week and a half away from the NBA season starting again, which at five o'clock in the morning when I first wake up, one of the first things I will do is probably check my phone and check NBA scores. Sometimes I'm lucky enough that a Western Conference game is still going, um, and at about five, half five in the morning, I will put NBA on. Um, as quietly as I can to not wake up my girlfriend and I will watch the last 15 minutes of a basketball game. But very, very interested in NBA basketball as a little aside from that. That's the first topic. I feel like I've spoken probably already for about 10 to 15 minutes. I have no concept or awareness of how long I've been going, but I feel like probably already we've been going for about 10 minutes and I've still got two topics to cover. So let's kind of blitz through those. The second thing that I wanted to cover is mainly about training principles, why I train and coach people the way that I do. So I want to start this by kind of talking a little bit around the current state of the health and fitness industry. I think at the moment, there's a lot of things that are out. There's a lot of contradictory information as well, depending on what side of things you look at from. Um, And so what that often ends up resonating with people, though, is just a lot of confusion. What side do I take? What side of the coin do I choose to, to sort of land on and go with right and and the amount of people that i think that are confused about the information that is out there is very very high 
And so one thing that I try to establish is that, is that to, sort of to be honest, like what's right, what's wrong? Like that's quite a broad question because to be honest, the answer is probably is to reframe the question and to say what's right and what's wrong for you specifically. You know, we are all different individuals. We are all individualistic in our nature. We all have different things to us, whether it's different structure, different beliefs, different experiences, different history, and all of those things are relevant when it comes to our training and our nutrition. And so that can't be neglected. You know, while there's a lot of people out there that have a bias, while there are a lot of people that think their way is the best way and their way is the only way, that is something that I try with all of my will to avoid. It's not always easy, you know. Sometimes I do have my biases in terms of what I like to preach and encourage people do but something that I'm constantly trying to to do is to look beyond my own bias and think who is the person that is in front of me what are they struggling with what's their experiences their history their beliefs all of these things and what's potentially the right approach for them and equally sort of like speaking around a little bit of trial and error right like we are moving through life, hurtling on this big fucking space rock, hurtling through space and time. Like, we have the ability to chop and change what we do. Try something, see the response, and then amend the fucking action based on what the response is. I'm sure, I'm sorry, I should have prefaced at the start of this podcast by saying that I will occasionally swear. If you are listening in the car or something like that with children, then I do apologise. This probably isn't the best thing to be watching if you have young children around. Um, I will occasionally swear and I do apologise. It might be something that I have to stop doing if I want to be um, more professional. I don't know. Uh, but it is inherently me. I do like to swear from time to time. Um, and swearing for emphasis is part of me. Um, so like trial and error, right? Like we can try something, see the response and we can change our response. But ultimately, if we are too tired and too attached to a bias or a principle, then it's very hard to change your approach because of that, right? So something that me and a friend of mine were talking about the other day, and there's there's a coach that I really like called Josh Taylor Coaching, another JT, um, Josh Taylor Coaching, who kind of coined this phrase of guided by science but grounded in principle. And the ability to sort of take the science and be guided by it, right? Like there are studies to 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 say anything and everything, right? Like we look at training volume as an example of this, where some studies will say that you can train and do 52 sets in a week and still grow muscle. And then there are other training studies that will look at training volume and say that actually we kind of peak at around about sort of like 12 sets per muscle group per week. And so it's like, well what like but there are literally two scientific studies that look at the same thing and get two different results now obviously we get into things like study design and sort of potentially who's funded the study and what are the 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 designers of the study what is their bias and their background and we can go down this rabbit hole but ultimately like we can see a lot of things through science and it's like well, what side of science do we look to choose from but ultimately if we're just guided by science and we can say well both of these things can be true but we are grounded in principle in terms of our approach with what we take for the person that's in front of us, then we're not tied to any one belief system. And we can go, oh yeah, well maybe let's try an approach that looks at 12 sets per week per muscle growth. And if that doesn't necessarily work, maybe we can up that peaking at 52 sets per week per muscle group, even though I think that would be 
very extreme and unless you're a full-time athlete that would be very hard to sustain again my bias coming through there even as i say that that's something that we can be aware of and i absolutely love 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 the phrase of being guided by science and grounded by principle josh taylor i wish that i had thought of this first if you ever happen to see this <laughs> um so that's a little bit around about my sort of training philosophy um and around sort of like why i do what i do how i do what i do there's many nuances and context that go into that sort of thing but i'm aware that i don't want this episode to go on for too long um because i can't waffle and ramble and so i'm sort of going to leave that there and we can always pick up more things around that And if you have any questions please do let me know because i'm more than happy to answer those as well um and sort of make other episodes diving into questions and sort of doing that that was sort of what i was thinking is that potentially every sort of like 10th to 20 episode I would just sort of like put something out on Instagram and say, ask me any questions. And then I will sort of like answer those questions back. Um, and that might be a bit of a longer episode, depending on how many questions I get. If I get a load of questions, then I can spend a lot of time answering those questions, going into the different nuances and context and stuff like that around why I think what I think. But let's leave that there for now. There is something else that I wanted to mention based on um, like industry like my whole approach around training philosophy is that i want people to feel resilient robust and as strong as humanly possible i think there's a lot of confidence and a lot of belief in our physical bodies when we feel resilient robust and super strong and that's kind of what i tend to focus and lean on the most with my clients and then another thing just industry wide in terms of this confusion the confusion often leads to a lot of fragility right and sort of whether that's within our own training and that's a, f a f belief of being fragile in the sense of well everyone's saying that i need to train in the most optimal way possible and if i'm not training in the most optimal way possible then it's a massive fuck you and i don't necessarily like that fragility i think that we are super super resilient beings just as organisms like we are so resilient how our body gets it right so often the time we can do a lot wrong and get away with it even though is what's wrong wrong for you specifically we have to ask this question the other coin of the fragility side of things from the confusion that comes from an industry with all of these different approaches is potentially when people are in pain and when we look at people that have injuries or chronic pain symptoms and conditions is the sort of sense of fragility of you can only do this thing or you can't do this thing and sort of sometimes the parameters that we set around pain and injury and pain management um, and so that's why i think that sometimes systemically getting stronger fitter faster more resilient more robust can do so much for a system that feels quite fragile and that feels like so many things are off limits or off the table or can only be done in a certain way that's where i want to leave things for training philosophy and principles in terms of my sort of approach as it stands right now these things are fluid as well there's a mba sort of analyst um who called Stephen a you might have heard of him um, and he likes to throw throw around the term fluid um, a lot when it comes to sports analysis because he says that things can change right like an athlete can get injured or 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 they might not necessarily live up to something when the pressure's the greatest like our our thoughts and our beliefs around sports are fluid and i quite like that as well um, but that's where i want to leave things on training philosophy the last thing that i want to talk about today is why i'm happy to give away information for free i've had a couple of conversations recently where people have like broached 
the conversation. Just another thing as well. I'm terrible with words. There is a strong likelihood that at some point when I'm talking, I'm going to use the wrong word for the situation. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to confidently say what I say. Hopefully you know what I mean based on the context and the the kind of intonation of my voice and kind of what I say around it. But there is a strong possibility that I make myself look like an absolute idiot and buffoon by using the wrong word at the wrong time. Um, so anyway, had a few conversations with people recently. Uh, they've they've kind of broached the subject of what they want to know by saying that they feel cheeky to ask for information. And I want to finish this podcast just by saying that I am more than happy to give away as much information as possible for free. Like, you can message me any question around training and nutrition, and if it's something that I feel confident to answer, I will answer it, and I will tell you everything that I know or what I believe around that subject. And there's a massive reason for this, and I think, one, there's two reasons for this, I should say. The first is referring back to an industry where there is so much contradictory information that leads to this confusion and this fragility that... I I want to leave this industry in a better place than how I found it. I would one day like to reflect upon my career as a personal trainer and hopefully one day an osteopath and go, I, 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 I gave everything I could to that industry. And I helped people. I helped people get clear. I helped people get focused. I helped people get driven. And I helped people get get sound on what it is that they need to do. That would be a huge, huge win for me. I would love to have an impact on the health and fitness industry. However big, however small, I would love to have an impact. I feel like I probably already have had an impact, but I would like that impact to be bigger and I would like to have as big an impact as possible in my career, however long that might be, as possible. That would be a huge win for me. And so part of that means giving away information for free. Because if people are feeling lost, confused, fragile about a certain topic or about a certain subject or about what to do with this, whether it's training or nutrition or pain or whatever it might be, I am willing to give away all of that information. Like, equally, all of this information is already out there, probably for free. And if someone feels confident enough to approach me, like, I I, I take it very, like like, personally that someone might choose to seek information out from me. Because, as I said, we'll probably talk about the Dunning-Kruger effect at some point, um, just in terms of my beliefs around training and stuff. But I honestly feel like I'm not an expert in any one thing. I feel like I'm a bit of a jack-of-all-trades. Now, jack-of-all-trades is fine, because equally it allows me to be a little bit of a chameleon in terms of who I give information to and how I give information out to. But the fact that someone might choose to go, oh, Josh, can I ask you a question? Like, <laughs> that means a lot to me. And it's something that I wear with great pride. Uh, as I say, I have to feel confident that I can give you information around that topic. If I can't, I'm pretty resourceful as well. I will go and learn about the topic and I will tell you everything that I've learned about it. Um, because it's, again, I love learning and I love helping people. And so if there's an opportunity to help someone and say, well, you know, I don't necessarily know too much about that, but here's what I do know currently and here's where I'm going to go to find out some more information. Maybe you go and find out some more information and let's come back and let's meet in the middle and let's tell each other what we've learned and kind of what we think our next steps might be. I love collaborating with people in that way and I'm happy to give away information for free. The second reason why I'm happy to give away information for free and talk to people and discuss things in so much detail as I look at my notes is just because ultimately... 
I think that many of us know what we need to do, right? Like, yes, in some cases, there's an information gap around what we do and how we do it. But for the most part, people know what to do. If people want to get fitter, they know that they have to go and they have to improve their fitness, whether it's cardiovascular, whether it's resistance training, whether it's mobility, whether it's whatever. People know what they need to do to become more fit. If people want to lose weight, they know that they probably have to change their nutrition habits. Now, how they do that in the best way possible, that might be the information gap. But they're already aware of sort of potentially what to eat, what not to eat, even though I would argue that there's nothing that we can't eat, but maybe moderation in terms of size and frequency and et cetera, et cetera. But my point is that a lot of people know what to do, but actually applying the knowledge and doing the work is incredibly hard. And so like people might say, oh, Josh, why are you willing to give out all of this information for free? You're a coach. This is something that you've spent money to learn this. Why would you give it out willingly? And it's because even if I give it out willingly, there is a strong likelihood that a lot of you are going to struggle to apply it and to implement it. There are two parts of my job. One job is to give you the information and the education that you need to do what you need to do. And the second and the more important part of my job is to give you the accountability to be able to do it consistently. It's sometimes asking you the difficult questions of how did you get on with this and hoping that you've done it. If you've done it, hopefully you've done it because you don't want to answer the awkward question of, sorry, I haven't done that thing or I haven't managed to stick to this. And like that's where the accountability comes in. None of us want to answer that question negatively and say, sorry, I haven't done this or I haven't stuck to this this week or whatever it might be. The second thing around accountability is that is that kind of that's that's sort of what I'm here for I've sort of lost the train of thought there for a second as I went off on that tangent you can probably tell <laughs> but like people know what to do they struggle to apply it and that's part of my job so I'm willing to give out the information and like I don't necessarily want this to come across as like oh yeah coaching accountability because I don't necessarily want this podcast to be please come to me for coaching but just know that I'm more than happy to share all of the information possible because if you do struggle to apply it then hopefully I can help you with the second part of my coaching job, which is providing some accountability, providing some support, not beating you up. Like I say that I'm going to ask that awkward question of how have you got on with this? And like sometimes it's about lifting you up, not about like not about pushing you down, right? Like I don't want to make you feel like shit that you haven't done something or that you've or that you've struggled to stick to something. And so you just come away feeling worse about it. And hopefully that inspires change. I mean, that's one approach. But another approach might be to say, well, look, what like, what have you had on this week? Have you struggled with your sleep? Have you struggled with this, that? I mean, there's so many things that could have happened that could have got in the way of you sticking to it. Has maybe the goal been a bit too large? Has it been on me? Has it been that we've set you some targets that are a bit unattainable and a bit unachievable? You know, sometimes we have to look internally. As good of a coach as I think I am, part of that, that process is, is this a bit too much too soon for you right now? Can we, instead of aiming for 100%, can we aim for 85%? Okay, how have we got on this week? And so, like, this is why I'm willing to give out information for free to get to the point before I waffle and ramble on. People know what to do. They struggle to apply it. I include myself in that as well, just sort of by the way. I, I pay for coaching in the areas of my life that I want to improve. Currently, at the moment, I have a business coach because I want to improve my business. I am paying to learn about osteopathy through universities very formal education because i want to be an osteopath and i pay for subscriptions about pain management and 
pain treatment techniques because I want to be a better clinician I can be. If I'm running a marathon, I have paid for a marathon running coach. If I'm trying to improve my strength, I have paid for a strength coach because like coaching works. It provides the accountability, it provides the structure and it provides someone to bounce ideas off. I'm a massive advocate and believer in coaching. But I've waffled and I've rambled. I will give away information as much as it needs to be to you to help you with your goal. I want you to be clear. I want you to be focused and driven and know what you need to do. And hey, if you struggle to do it and apply it, not a problem at all. We can have a conversation. Maybe we can adjust the information and the, and the principles that I've told you that might be a bit more suitable to you. Maybe it's that coaching might work for you. Having some accountability and having some structure might work for you. If that's the case, great, we can have a conversation. But I want as many people to be informed and knowledgeable about the things they want to be aware of as physically possible. And for that reason, I will never stop sharing information that I'm learning with people for free, willingly. And so that's everything that I want to talk about today. I have, as I say, I have no concept of timing and how long this has gone on for. I'm probably going to look back at this and it's probably going to be like 35, 40 minutes. I'm going to be like, oh my Jesus, how have I done that? Um, but I'm pretty much just going to release this exactly how it is. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to edit it too much. I might fiddle about with it a little bit, but I mostly want this to be unadulterated me. And hopefully if you like me, you'll want to watch more of them. And maybe you want to have a conversation with me on Instagram. And maybe you want to come on and do an episode with me or sort of whatever it might be. This this is going to be unfiltered, unadulterated me on this platform. Um, so hopefully you liked it. Let me know if you did. Let me know if you didn't. Let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if you want any help. <laughs> um, this is sort of what I'm here for. And this is sort of what I want out of it. I want people to feel engaged, feel inspired to have a conversation, ask me questions, pick my brains um, and sort of go off from there. But hopefully at the end of this, you feel like you know me a little bit better. You feel like you can ask a question. You feel like you can get involved and be active on Instagram. Send me a message, send me a comment on my post, whatever it might be. Um, leave a comment on this video underneath if you want. Whatever you want to do, do it. Do it with conviction and I'll support you because I'm a nice guy like that, I guess. But maybe that sounds a bit arrogant to sound a nice guy. I don't know. I'm waffling. I'm rambling. But I'm going to try and do these like once or twice a week. So I will see you very soon on the next one. Thanks very much. Love you. Bye.